Hey, everybody. Hi. The theme's not too loud. I'm running a whole new operation in here, Squeezer. Oh. Uh, it's been two weeks, really, since we uh, did a show. Uh, blame the... We're using the World Series defense just like the gang did, Squeezer. Yes. Uh, the goddamn World Series got in the way of us recording last week. Uh, well, really, it only happens once every well, you know, twelve to fifteen years. Really, it was Mother Nature, Squeezer, that did it. We had a plan. We were gonna record Thursday, and instead of Wednesday, because uh, I had tickets for the game Wednesday, um, and I also had tickets for the game Monday, and then it rained Monday. Pushed everything back a day, so I went to the game Tuesday. We had the watch Wednesday. We could not record. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, folks. And, um, yeah. Then Thursday, we're there. I was there with uh, Enchantress, my brother, hmm. and uh, Ishmael and Justin. Hello. And um, hi. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We could have recorded um, Friday night, but we weren't in the mood. Saturday, they lost, and then we're like, you know what? Yeah. We could put the show. Up. So we're moving the Game Boy show to a a post. Christmas show, um, so we'll do Game Boy games three or four, whatever it is, post Christmas holiday. I already had all my stuff ready for the show too. That's why when you came in to say it, I was oh. like, okay, I'll, I'll yeah. gladly shelf a show that I don't have to do any work for and come yeah. back to it. Uh, I figure this way we don't, because uh, th- this is a, a um, th- this has a partner show, a sister show, a brotherly show, you know, so we can't. Not do this one and then do the next one, or do yeah, this, one and th- this not the show next one. comes in a series. So yes. this week we're talking 1982, the year I was born. Next week we're talking 1983, the year Squeezer was born, and those men that's me back to back. That's you. And then the following week it's fucking Thanksgiving already. <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> are we gonna do? Are we gonna record Tuesday that week? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess we have to. We don't. I mean, I have to be up at the crack of dawn on. Thursday. Yeah, no, no, I like to. Yeah, I don't know. I might be. I don't know if I'm doing. Well, actually, no. If I do host Thanksgiving, it's not till Saturday. Anyway. You don't know so... if you're hosting Thanksgiving yet? No. It's two it's weeks away. Yeah, I know. <sighs> I'm not even hosting it on menu planning. It's not up to, it's not up to me. Well, uh, it's getting close, so. But we will do Tuesday, right? Yeah, let's do Tuesday. Um. So two. So next week we'll be talking. Not about, next Tuesday, but yeah, two, next week we'll be recording Wednesday. Twenty um, second. Talking days of the calendar with the Rad Years podcast. The sixteenth, Squeezer. We will be doing nineteen eighty three, the year you were born. You're gonna have to get me a picture. I don't know if you could see the cute little picture. Oh, on YouTube, on. I have right now. Is that an ass? Oh, those are your legs. Yeah. Those I are, I think, ass. my mom's legs. Wow. Yeah. That's me. That's a little baby RK. Aww. And that's an Oracle cake she made for me. Aw. Yeah, because at that young age, I was, I don't know. It looks like I'm in a dress, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they sold clothes back in. It wasn't 1882. It wasn't like make your own on the prairie kind (laughs) of. Yeah, well, you know, Squeezer, we all can't be rich, spoiled little boys. 
Uh, I guarantee you I'm wearing some sort of potato sack um, <laughs> in whatever picture I'm wearing. And uh, no, I guarantee you I- I'll find you. I'll find the one that I'm, I'm thinking of. But there was definitely uh, I was wearing a doily, basically. Um, it's like what 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 were the the puffin stuff or what were those stuffed animals? They're real like light and uh, puffalumps, fluffy puffalumps. It, I basically look like a puffalump. Like, it's this light blue, very, like, lacy-looking, like, very thin. Like, I'm wearing a Eureka tent You're a sailor. with a, a doily around it. I don't know what year this is. Because if you count the the uh, candle squeezer, it's one, two, three, four, five, six candles. That would have placed us in 1988. Yeah, you are not. Unless that's not you. Is that your sister? No, that's me. No, why would your sister get an Orco cake? Right. Or maybe because they know their son's such a psychopath that, well, if we don't make his sister an Orco cake, he's going to have a little meltdown. Well, Lisa would be two, not six either, in 88. Hmm. But if Lisa was six, it would have been 92, and Orco was definitely... You born in 1976 and you just realized it now? Yeah, could be. (laughs) It would explain you remembering things. It could be a joint birthday cake because it could be my brother's four and I'm two. That's probably what it oh, is. Yes, the candles yes, are separate. Look, there's four up top. Look yeah. at Oh. So I was two in this picture. My little Dick Tracy. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to put you at two there. Yeah, and ni- 1984 places this right in prime Orco uh, territory. Yep. Notice nice. how it's our joint cake, but I'm hogging it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's fire on it, so I'm sure your brother got to blow out all the candles. <laughs> like, I'm a firefighter. I'm gonna have to like run, <laughs> run this through Photoshop to see what the cake says. Ah, uh, you mean zoom in and enhance? Let's see if I can't do that. You think I could you do that live to, on the show? Uh, if, with the if you play around with the colors and the contrast enough. Are you teaching and, uh, me how to Photoshop? What's that? Are you trying to teach me how to Photoshop? No, I'm the, the people. I'm painting a picture. Oh, here we go. So I isolated the cake squeezer. Uh-huh. Talk and Zoom uh, in, yeah, advance. I was going to say, talk to me like uh, we're on one of those procedural shows. <laughs> All right. So Now I'm, clarify. <laughs> I'm going to work with the contrast. First, I'm going to make it black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to drop that. And then we're going to fuck with the contrast. Visual enhancing images with the rad years. Ooh, I could barely make it out. Um, man. Can you can you remove the white and maybe put on like a black background? No, there's just there's, another, there's not enough. It's too much white in the lettering. Yeah, there's not enough there to do it. Uh, uh maybe let me try the gamma filter. The ga- messing with the gammas. Adjustment mm. to the gamma curves. How's everyone else doing? How are you doing? Scooby? Yeah, how are you? I I am doing how'd quite you, well. How did you take the um, the World Series? Uh, with stride and quite well. Uh, you know the new positive squeezer. Uh, I enjoyed the ride. 
Uh, everyone, the basic feeling, I guess, and the thought was it was house money, as everyone was saying, which was the built-in excuse to not win. It's pretty much what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you take a team that, according to all the people that are paid to write and talk about baseball, that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, the, to me, I felt like there was no reason that they didn't belong there. You truly believe that they should have been there from day one. Yeah, um, I made a bet on May 7th, uh, back back early on when Joe Girardi was still the manager, that they'd win the World Series. And there are two games away from me netting $2,600 of a $100 bet. But It was uh, worth every penny. Yeah. It was a fun – it was a very fun ride. It was. The highs – were highs. And I'll tell you what, the lows weren't nearly as low as I thought it could have been. No, no, it didn't like, really. I was bumming, but I was just so happy that it even happened. You uh, you could have been at game three. Yeah, yeah, I could have. Yeah. I, I invited yeah. him to go with. I had four yeah. tickets. And you, yeah. quite frankly, were the first person I asked. And yeah. trick or treat. And then... The fucking yeah. Loki yeah. got involved and was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cancel yeah. it. Yeah. And then he'll be able to go, but it's too late now. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fun, though, watching all my friends have the experience of their lifetime. Um, it was truly the five home run game three was truly an experience of a lifetime. It really was. Yeah. yeah. A, a game five. Was pretty great too. Uh, Mac, uh, Meek Mill. I'm sorry, Mac. Meek Mill came out and was rapping, like the amount of celebrities there between the three games. Did they, did they intentionally have him ride off on a four wheeler just to like rub piss it off in? the police? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what he originally got arrested for. Like, right? That he broke the yeah, laws. Yeah, driving a four wheeler through the city. Yeah, yeah, and that was in New York though, not Philly. Oh, was it New York? Yeah, Philly don't, oh, they don't give a goddamn shit. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they yeah, do right. it all the Go time. ahead. I mean, it was in Rocky. That's when they're showing that montage of his music. That's his music in it. Meek Mill and uh, Rocky, the Ludwig Gorgson uh, version of the Rocky score, which I fucking love. The training montage mm-hmm. and and Creed and and they mix it with Creed's out, and he he gets he's training and he's training. Rocky's in the hospital suffering from cancer. And Creed's there, and he's like, oh, what are you doing? Run to training. He's running here. Shadow box. So he's shadow boxing. He's doing the, you know, the push-ups, running stairs in the hospital. And he's get, It's like building. It's like the trading montage of all. Like, they followed the Rocky formula pretty well. You've never seen the Creed's, right? Nah. I really got to watch them. They're so good. So th- so he goes out and he gets all the guys. He's, he's running and he's like, come on, come on, follow me. He's like, try and keep up on your four wheelers and your dirt bikes. And he's running like a motherfucker. And the the dun, 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 they start playing. Hold on, I'm just going to play it for you because it's, it's fucking cool. Playing soundtracks with the red. You- well, you know, it's, you know, it's disappointing, Squeezer. Me? Um, no, you're, oh, okay. you're a delight. It, what's disappointing to me is, um, rock, uh, Creed three is coming out in March and Rocky movies and Creed were typically, um, 
or typically uh uh I'm sorry, Thanksgiving movies. Meek Mill Cree. Meek Mill is Philadelphia's hero. Do, do, Lord knows. Do, do, okay. Do. So, as do, you can do, hear, do, 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 do. Put the squeezer. Mm -hmm. It's Ludwig Gorgson's, uh, Gorenson's score that sounds very much like like the Rocky score, right? Mm -hmm. There we go. And here it comes. And think of like. That the, that gave you goosebumps, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. These fucking Creed movies are fantastic. <laughs> that's a uh, Lord knows fighting stronger by Meek Mill and Ludwig Göransson from the Creed soundtrack, Creed One. And Creed Two is even even better. I love those two movies, and I can't wait for fucking Creed Three, but it comes out in March, not. Thanksgiving. Hmm. So. Well, you can just wait until uh, Thanksgiving. Well, I'll probably. I mean, yeah, I'll probably watch it over. You know, I will see. Yeah, it the you do the you do the marathon. Well, yeah, we'll do that. But that's what we talked. That was one of the things I'm thankful for because they used to do the Rocky Marathon on Thanksgiving when we oh, were yeah. kids. That was one of my things I've been thankful for in the past, which you know we'll get back to. Oh, congratulations! By the way, on uh, closing all three of your rings today. Oh, I did? Yeah, I just got the alert right now. Oh, man. Rocky got my heart beating. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The Rocky soundtrack. I, I'm a, a big Rocky Mark squeezer. It's all I'm saying. Yeah, you are. And uh, I love the Creed. And I'm Michael B. Jordan, the Creed. And he, Michael B. Jordan's directing because Ryan Coogler is busy with a picture. And Chantress and I are going to see tomorrow night a little movie called uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Ah. So he couldn't work on Creed 3, but he passed the reins to Michael B. Jordan, who, just like Sylvester Stallone, directed the third movie himself. I see. It's meant to be. It is. And and Sly told Michael B. he should do that. Like, that's, that's he's like, you got to push direct or the studio will never let you. So, very cool. Hey, make it so. Nice. What's Hi. up? Hi. That's my squeezer impression. Oh, that's probably better than me. Uh, no. You sweet boy. Oh, well. Uh, but, uh, yes. Yeah, so that's what we've been doing. 
in the meantime, uh, I already watched uh, Christmas Vacation once, Squeezer. Ah, oh, nice for you. Uh, it was the other night. Chantress got home late, and she's like, just put Christmas Vacation on already. I guess uh, E-Rock watched it in the chat, and he said something, and she's like, you got you to gotta get that first one in. Because now it just when, – once you break the seal – you just keep going back to the well now. I don't now it's easy. What was my record? Like 15 or 16? Something like that. You're going to go for it? Yeah, I'm going to go for like an even Just 20. put it on the loop in your office. Yeah, but I'm like that doesn't that, count. That doesn't count. Yeah, no. Yeah. But you can still do it. You got to be like, you got to watch it and take it all in and quote along with it the entire time. Right? Hmm? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's have to fun. Uh, did you? Are you going to pay eight dollars a month to get verified on Twitter? Is the big question everyone's asking. Oh, yeah. So wait, do I even? So with like my three followers and my not logged in in eleven years, all I have to do is pay eight bucks and I get verified. You get? Yeah, I don't know if it's verified anymore. You get that blue check mark. You get the blue check. So if, yeah. for eight bucks though, I get. You're that. verified as a sucker. Is pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I, I am so glad I do not. I, have not, I really like. I, I follow along. I am aware of what's going on, but it doesn't. It absolutely affects me in no way whatsoever because I haven't been on Twitter in eleven and like I don't even use it for like news and stuff anymore. That's like Instagram and whatever else. Right. Whatever else. Whatever else. Ah, it's just no, too much reading. So many words. Um, I just be, do it in a picture. What I really wanted to talk to you about, Squeezer, and I really wanted yes. to start the show with this, was the big election news that happened. Oh, we're getting political on the rad years? I, I hate to get political, but I have to, Squeezer. I can't help myself. Okay. How in the fucking name of God does People Magazine... Dethrone Paul Rudd as the world's sexiest man. <laughs> I mean, Chris Evans is America's ass, but he is not Paul Rudd, sir, and thank you. I don't know if you could make the same person twice, but rules were meant to be broken. So, uh, remember how excited I was last year when they named Paul Rudd? Yeah. <laughs> they seem you, like you were a little too... Um, here's the thing. It's too, like, on the nose. You know what I mean? What, Chris Evans? Yeah. No, like, of no, course I, he is. I, yeah, he's sexy. Yeah, but Paul Rudd is just, like, just but, yeah, charming. Like, like, Paul, you, Rudd, Paul Rudd you want to hang Rudd, out with. No and... offense to Miss, Mr. Rudd, but you look at him and, like, oh, okay. I might have a chance. Yeah, well, I mean... He's like 20 years older than us and he looks younger than us. So not really squeezer. Oh, I mean, he's not, he's not like handsome like you are, but he is, he's like ageless. So he's got yeah, that, that, that good genetics. True. Yeah. I mean, he just, yeah, I'm sure he takes good care. I, he probably doesn't eat a block of cheese and crush yeah. a couple beers. No, I think talking he, about... he, he definitely did. Absolutely. But huh. then like he got in shape for, Oh, but yeah, so he definitely had a, he definitely had the dad about it. Yeah, absolutely for you, yeah. Oh, all right. 
I don't know. Dad bods are in. I know Mrs. Squeezer. She looks at Chris Evans. She's like, ugh, look at those muscles and rippling abs. That's just so just. Uh, Does she though? Probably. Um, so today marks the 25th anniversary of a, a big event in our lives, Squeezer. Actually, Great. more of my life. You weren't currently paying attention at the time. 25 years ago, that was 1988. Um, 25 so... years ago is not 1988. Uh, in my head, it is. Um, 1997. Oh, shit. You currently... Oh. Weren't paying attention. Uh, where are we at? Uh, Montreal Screwjob. It was. Uh, yeah, I remember. I would, I would be another. Uh, wait. Another year to you got in, in into it. No, no, I was back. I came in uh, September of '97. I thought you said you didn't watch the Screwjob. Oh yeah, I guess it was a pay per view. So it was a pay per view, so I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, September of '97 is when I. Kind of jumped back. It was uh, Cactus versus Triple H when he gave him the pile driver through the table. Oh, yes. And now, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to watch this. Now, I, I, Squeezer, did not know that it was a screw job. Like, the guy just was like, oh, he put in start shooter. He called it. Tapped. I was like, oh, that's a bad, bad finish. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But Brad Hart was currently, he did an interview the other day, and he said the craziest part was it was the match was supposed to go another 25 minutes. Are you kidding me? Right. So it was supposed to go 45 minutes. So it clocked in wow. about 20 minutes before they called the bell. And Hart said they had another 25 minutes. The match was already good, and we hadn't even hit our stride. <clears throat> he said, even when we didn't get along, Sean and I had great chemistry together in the ring. When we worked together, we want we wanted to be flawless, and we didn't get a, and we didn't get along, and that added to the intensity. When I clotheslined Sean over the top rope, and we brawl. And fight outside the ring. I could tell it was going to be a really special match. It was really competitive. Yeah, no shit. You two were probably the best in-ring workers in the entire fucking universe. Yeah. The best there is, the best there was. Right. Like, Sean was the best there is. Brett was the best there was. (laughs) And Stone Cold was the best there ever will be. Um. But yes, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice already. Oh no! Yeah, um, but yeah, what a what a match! What a I'm glad they they buried the hatchet and Brett's back involved. Um, and when I saw that picture of of they were in Cardiff before Roman Reigns' match with Drew McIntyre, I believe, and they're mm-hmm. in a practice ring, and Roman's in the corner, and it's Bret Hart there, Paul Heyman. And doot doot doot, Michael P.S. Hayes there, and they're just working out the match together. I'm like, that's like a some of the greatest minds in the world. Two of them, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling minds in the universe between Paul Heyman and uh, Bret Hart. Just you know, and then HBK is running NXT. Triple H is now running the the big show. I think it's right. We all know my love for Vinnie Mac, right? Sure. But sometimes it's it's time to step aside and realize it's not your time anymore. You gotta do what's best for business. You yeah, know? you gotta gotta do what's you gotta do business, pal. Come on. I like that. Uh, it seems he's cutting back on pay per views now, which 
would be great because now it allows for a slightly slower build on story. You don't have to have a big payoff every month now. I don't know. I'm never really going to get back into the product again. I just, I'm not into it. I don't have time for it. But I do like the idea that other people would get into it. And um, the more money, the whether it's going, the more, you know, retro shit they might make. <laughs> and uh, I heard they're bringing King of the Ring back, which is cool. Uh, yes. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, you heard it too. We, you know, you're not verifying it. Just no, no. I I heard it. Yes. Yeah. You, you read I, it. I, I, read I, it. I've read it on on the internet. Yeah, I'm you probably read it to the same dirt sheet site I read it from. So pretty much, yeah. yeah there's yeah. no verification, but I heard it's like I know anybody. <laughs> yeah, I I believe I actually saw it as uh, an Instagram post. It was a picture of Triple H with the King of the Ring logo below him, and then that's the same little... one I saw. It was over his okay. right hand shoulder. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just any and could, but not anyone can just post that. This isn't Twitter. You can't just pay eight bucks on Instagram <laughs> to type whatever you want. It has to be true. It's true. It speaks the truth. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, oh, sleepy boy. Yeah, that was like a cat yawn I had there. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Well, that's your, since you're sleepy and it's, we've already... oh, I'm not, I'm not. It was just, I'm so excited and full of air. It had to come out somehow. We've gone 30 minutes already. I think it's time to start talking about 1982, the year I was born. Squeezer. Now, mind you, I want to give you a heads up. I don't remember much. I, I mean, you were in utero at some point in 1982, right? Uh, you had to be towards towards the end. Towards the end. Don't want to. Let me think. July. So. Yeah, that's seven months. So. Oh, maybe they got a little freak on Halloween or something. When's no, their anniversary? End of September, July. I, I don't know. My how it... my parents' anniversary is like October. Was October 11th. So Chris and I being born in July. <laughs> I was uh, right in step. When was their anniversary? I have no idea. Well, do you want to do the honors of starting about something from the year I was born, or should I? Uh, I don't know how. Should I do it that way? You you finish. That's true. Here's your yeah. here's your first pick from the a memorable year. A child's joy, a mother's love, a friend's devotion. In this season of peace. Share the magic with your family. Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial from Universal Pictures, rated PG. E.T. Uh, so E.T. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna MacGyver this. I'm not gonna go and give you all the breakdown. What I'm gonna explain is. The importance that this movie had on my life to this very day. Every time I signed my name. Uh, every time, well, up until I was 19 years old when people called me. Instead of Squeezer, it was Derek um, up until a point. But Wait, what does that have to do with anything? Well, if you can let me. All right, so I don't remember the movie. It, I, I saw as a kid. I didn't care for it. Oh, well. Well, two great things came out of this. Me being named Derek. Is the kid's name Derek in the show? 
The no. movie, I mean? No. Uh, and two, mm. uh, Reese's Pieces. Oh, yeah, um, Reese's Pieces. So in the summer of 83, I was a little squeezer. So we're jumping ahead here, but bear with me. And apparently, I guess this was like uh, like Game of Thrones shit where they don't they have like a naming day. Like they didn't have a name for me yet. So my mom's just sitting out on the back porch with like little baby boy because, you know, God, let's not name him in case he gets cholera or something. Um, I, I think they were actually arguing over my name. Originally, my Wait, mom. They had like a party uh, and it was a naming day. No, no, it's like well, like in Game of Thrones, yeah, oh. on your like your first birthday because oh. they they don't name you because it's bad luck because they assume you know babies die all the time back then, yeah, because it it's awful. Anywho, she wanted to name me Mark with a C, and that's fine. I was a friend, a friend that was named Mark with a C, and uh, my dad wanted to name me Eric after Eric Clapton, and. Uh, yeah, you were, were named after Derek and the that. Dominoes, right? What's that? You were named after Derek and the Dominoes, I thought. I am named after Derek and the Dominoes, yes. But my dad wanted to name me Eric, after Eric Clapton. Um, but my middle name was always going to be Thomas, after my uncle, because it's a family name, because it's my uncle's name, I guess. Anywho, and I don't know how, because my parents are not, they were never movie people, they... I mean, they might have been. I, the only time I ever saw my dad at a movie was when he took us to Shankweiler's at the drive-in. That's because he drove and we had the Bronco with the hatchback. Um, but yet they knew, and like they were worried, like, oh no, he's going to get made fun of. And then maybe 15 years from now, assuming that this movie that came out last year and is still in theaters, Oh, Eric the way, Thomas. Duh. I, just I would be Eric Thomas... And they didn't want kids to call me E.T. And they were afraid that the kids would make fun of me and call me E.T. Fortunately, they named me Derek. And I was never made fun of or had a nickname again. <laughs> uh, should we change your nickname from Squeezer to D.T.? Ah. Uh... The delirium tremors or whatever. <laughs> that actually, wow, I've had them. And it's one, it's delicious, and two, they are real. Um, so, yes, the ET has a, had a massive impact um, on my life. The fact that it changed my name. Um, yeah, so he settled on Derek, which I appreciate. I like it. I like Derek over Eric. Because I, I know a couple Eric's, and uh, some are great guys. Um, and others, you know, assholes. Uh, I haven't seen the asshole one in a long time. I don't even remember what his last name was. But, uh, yeah, so there, there's that. That came out of E.T. The other big thing, the most important thing, bigger than my name, because you could have been, all the other nicknames I had, and I'd been, you know, Squeezer might never have happened had I been Eric. You know, I would be, uh, the... People magazine's no sexiest man. Um, oh, they called him E.T. And they thought he was like a little alien, so it drove him to become this ripped uh, statuesque man. No, it would never happen. Okay. His genetics just aren't there. I'm like five foot four. At least that's what it says in my driver's license. 
Um, but the oh wait, his what? his initials were E T too, Elliot Taylor. Elliot. Oh really? Yeah, it's Elliot Taylor. Huh. He's E T also. Huh. Nice. Well, that can't be accidental. Okay, Elliot. Ah, uh, yeah, it had to have been. Huh. Um. Anywho, the, the the biggest thing to come out of this, other than you know. I mean, Spielberg at this point was already, like, he could do whatever now. Um, but well, he couldn't do yeah. whatever he wanted because they wanted <clears throat> M&Ms in the movie. So they went to uh, Mars and they're like, hey, we want to, like, license. Let's do a deal. We put M&Ms in the movie. We'll make it a thing, you know. And they're like, nah, we don't want to be associated with it. Yeah, you're a weird alien movie. Yeah, with your weird alien movie. What are you gonna What are you gonna do next? Make a movie about dinosaurs? Um, well, not exactly. In that order. No, but. not. But eleven years later. Um, well, to be fair, it wouldn't be much longer until he started working on it. Uh, but um, yeah. So they went to uh, uh, Hershey's, and uh, like, hey, we need little. Uh, round candies uh, for them to eat. Like it, visually, it just worked, and I they were set on it. So, uh, can we use your Reese's Pieces? I've only been on the market for five years. And you're like, sure. And uh, sales arguably Reese's... a much better candy than M and M's. Oh hell yeah. yeah! Thank you, thank you very much. They are they are the best. Wait, and, you're saying um, thank you like people disagree with that. I'm there are some people I'm sure that would. Well, to be fair, M&M's is still like the the big kid on the block. Timmy and the Clonosaurus. I even like Reese's Pieces better than peanut butter M&M's. Yes. Yeah. And I like peanut butter M&M's. I like peanut butter. Uh, I, you know what? I I've come to like peanut butter M&M's more as I get older. I didn't it was a size thing. I have a tiny mouth, and they're very large. Um, but yeah, I, I they are superior to them in every way. I feel though, like I, I think they're a little more sugary. Perhaps there's something about it where they're 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 much more rich. So like I get that sugar rush from Reese's Pieces faster than I do with M and M's. So I can't eat as many, which is mm. unfortunate. Because then I, I start getting, like, googly-eyed and wound up. But anyway, yeah, sales for Reese's Pieces jumped over 300% with the release of the film. Um, And, uh, yeah, they became, like, a, a, a it was a cult, not a cult phenomenon, a phenomenon. And, yeah, everyone wanted Reese's Pieces. And I, they're consistently delicious to this day. And they are one of my go-to movie candies if I had a choice. Yeah, I like Reese's Pieces and I like Snow Caps. Which ones are Snow Caps? The little non-pareil, dark chocolate non-pareils with white oh, sprinkles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are, those, are the, those are great. Now, Spielberg did Jaws in 75, Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77, 1941 in 79, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, so, but what people leave out is his what his his eighties um, producing executive producing credits. Like, 
he did Back to the Future. He was he had his hands in Gremlins. Mm-hmm. He had his hands in um, An American Tale. All those Don Bluth movies. Mm-hmm. Batteries not included, which was shit. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, but it's adorable. Land Before Time. Um, Arachnophobia. Uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, let's, we just talked about Poltergeist. Right. Uh, Tiny Tunes. He was doing so much. He's. I think he stretched himself too thin, and um, like he started directing shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, fair. Like he hit his. I mean, would you say ninety three was was his best year? Ninety three. Like early night. Like he, he so Jurassic he, he Park did, and Schindler's List. He did. Uh, he wrote Goonies, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. He did yeah. Poltergeist right after E.T., uh, kind of the same time. Uh, he wrote Poltergeist. He directed a segment of Twilight Zone, the movie. Then he did Temple of Doom, which I enjoy, but it's not the best Indiana Jones movie. No, but it's not the worst anymore. It is so. not the worst. He did Color Purple, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote The Goonies and executive produced then he did Empire of the Sun, which is okay. Then Last Crusade, which is great. Mm-hmm. Then Always, which no one saw or cares, cared about. I still haven't seen it, and I love John Goodman. Uh, then Hook, which we all loved as kids. Yeah. Then Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And one of his most important film, probably Schindler's List. Yeah. Then it all fell off, Squeezer. Yeah, what ha- well, and then there's a huge time jump, too. Yeah, well, there's four years between 93 and uh, 97, which he did Lost World, Jurassic Park, and then Amistad. Like, do you think, like, at that point he was just, he was done? Well, then he did Saving Private Ryan, which is, sure. then he put all his 98, 99, then he did another four-year jump for AI, and everyone was waiting. Like, it's been four years since Spielberg put out a movie. AI, this is a big movie. I fucking hated it. I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah. I hated it. Then Minority Report. Hated it. Catch me if you can. Okay. Not great. Mm-hmm. The Terminal. Okay. Not great. War of the Worlds. Hated it. Yeah, Munich. terrible. Munich was good, but not blow my mind. Kiss Indiana Jones and Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Hated it. Yeah. Adventures it of made Tin- uh, Temple of Doom not the worst movie anymore. Right. Adventures of Tintin. Didn't even bother seeing it. No one did. Actually, let me see. I want to confer. I don't want to talk on my ass here, but uh, okay, it may it, it quote unquote made money, but Warho of course it didn't bomb. Squeezer didn't see what it or it war. Uh, it was good, I guess. Lincoln bored out of my mind. So. Again, I'm not a fancy pants director, but uh, I feel like it would have been much better movie had they just ended it with him walking. It's like the the perfect ending. He's walking out the door, going in the theater. Boom! Cut to black. That's it. Bridge of Spies. That'd been great. They not interested. The BFG. Don't care. The Post. Didn't care. Ready Player One. Not as good as the book. West Side Story. Don't want to see. Now this movie, The Fablemans, whatever the fuck it's called. Everyone loves it. Everyone's the greatest film ever made. Blowing the shit out of this movie. 
Spielberg's it's back. It's renaissance. Right. Is um, Tom Hanks in this? Because, uh, God, he hasn't done a movie without Tom Hanks. And fucking... <laughs> Hang on. I'll tell you in a second. Uh... No, but Judd Hirsch is? Judd Hirsch is fucking harsh. How old is Judd Hirsch now? Mm-hmm. He is oh, no. 87. We, we, was Judd? I'm thinking of Judd Nelson. Judd Hirsch. Uh, Independence Day. Yeah. Taxi. Yes, Uncut Gems, which I hated. But yeah, no, I, as soon as I saw this picture, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that. Paul Dano is great as the Riddler. Seth Rogen's good. Mm-hmm. What is it? Growing up in post-World War II era Arizona... From seven to eighteen, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a film director. Oh, it's is it a life? Is it, it, is it, it's semi autobiographical. Okay. Uh, uh, semi autobiog semi. It's kind of about his life. Ah, uh. uh, yeah. You know how I love a coming of age story. Yeah. Oh, Spielberg said he's been thinking about directing a film about his childhood for some time. So. We'll see. I haven't, uh... I'll let you see it, and then I'll say I'll go see it, and then I won't see it, and then eventually it'll come out streaming, and then I'll check it out, like, a year after that. I don't know. It doesn't... It's not... Tugged at my interest strings. Hmm. There's some movies I want to see. There's some I don't. I want to see Black Panther. Wakanda Forever looks fucking dope as fuck. But. You know. There's some movies that look like fucking. Oh, The Fableman's 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, what do I know? I want to see. You know what I want to see? Weird, though. though Al, Al Yankovic story. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather see his autobiographical. Yeah, it's a whole joke. It's not really autobiographical at all. Uh, yeah, it's a parody of a uh, auto like music bios, and I need to see that because I <laughs> am a fan of Weird Al's comedy. Of course. Um. But yeah, that's that's Squeezer's first pick. Okay, we're uh, we're done with the show. We did, we did our uh, quarterly uh, shit on one of the greatest <laughs> filmmakers of our time uh, segment. Now let's move on. Here's my first pick. Speaking of great movies, is this necessary? That was my skull. I'm so wasted. Is this proper? What is it that gets inside your heads? Uh, is this educational? Awesome. No, but it sure is fun. Hey, bud, <laughs> let's party. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where only the rules get busted. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 20th at theaters in your area. Check newspapers for showtime. I couldn't believe this came out in 82. For me, it doesn't seem that old. No, well, eighty-two is not that old, <laughs> right? Right. Sure. 
Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out August 13th, 1982, about a month and four days after I was born. And I love fucking Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Man, I can't believe this movie came out in the 80s and how like heavy it was. And you thought you're like, you're going in to see a comedy, but man, this is a fucking heavy movie. It's about like love and betrayal and like a, a, a abortion and yeah, you tell me that. Um, you've, you've seen it. So uh, there's a uh, it was going on uh, seven years ago, it, where uh, little Squeezette number one was being born, and you know there's a TV in the room, and it was taking a little while at first, so. We had the TV on, and Fast Times is on, so we're watching that, and Miss Squeezer is going into labor while uh, Stacy is uh, going through her issues. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, but the whole like abortion scene is mm. playing, like talking about that while we're giving birth to a baby. It was really uncomfortable. I changed channel, I believe. So, uh, you know, everyone thinks of Spicoli in this movie, played by Sean Penn, but it's very, uh, Spicoli's part of it, but it's more about uh, Brad Hamilton um, and his sister, uh, his sister, uh, Stacy. Brad Hamilton being played by Judge Reinhold. My thing is, how old was he in this? Because 57. It's all based on a book. So. Cameron Crowe went undercover at a high school in San Diego and wrote a um, a book, Fast Times uh, at Ridgemont High, A True Story. He went uh, undercover at Claremont High School in San Diego and wrote about his experiences. So it's really like a high school? Like I've like, man, maybe I was sheltered or... Just felt like this is so eventful. Now, granted, it, uh, yeah, but think of how dramatic our lives were in high school, based on how they, like every. That's, that's true. If you do play, take what we did and then play it up for film, I'm right? Sure the it looks smallest, amazing. the smallest things were the biggest issues when we were in high school, and you like, like the smallest things matter. And now, like things like that don't matter at all. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But back then. And and if you if you dramatize that, yes, that's what you get out of this. Oh yeah, you get a uh, you know a fifteen year old freshman virgin and a predator. <laughs> um, uh, uh, lots of uh, Mike Damone being a creep. And, uh, Rat being the nice guy who was a re- based on a real guy hmm. uh, who went on the right uh, those Windows for Dummies books. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The actual guy was based on. Um, I think it was the first movie appearance of uh, Nicolas Cage too. Unnamed co-worker uh, at Brad's All-American Burger. He was credited <laughs> as Nicholas Coppola because he is a Coppola. It's his real name. Ah, uh, yes. 
Yeah, I didn't want to uh, get that sense of uh, uh, what's that, what's that fancy word I'm looking for that we all. Uh, I'll figure it out as we go. Well, Tom Hanks, speaking of, was considered for the role of Brad Hamilton's... Nepotism. Sorry. Nepotism, yeah. Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Brad Hamilton. Justine Bateman was offered the role of Linda. And uh, she turned it down to star in Family Ties. And Matthew Broderick was offered the role of Jess Bacoli, but turned it down. Ooh, that's... Jodie Foster was considered for the role of Stacey Hamilton. I believe the this movie cemented the song "Moving in Stereo" by the Cars in all of our heads as young boys. The first time we ever saw that scene of Phoebe Cates coming out of the water, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Hamilton enjoying himself. You can't not hear it, and like. So, you know, Damone, who's a sports bet and con- he always gets the concert tickets. He's a scalper. Um, and he's the best friend of Mark, who's in love with uh, Stacy and uh, works as an usher at the movie theater across from the pizza parlor. Uh, Damone then bangs and gets her pregnant <laughs> and then doesn't talk to her and then ghosts her in an era where ghosting was way easier. It's. it's- no, there's one phone you could call. Uh, and Brad, of course, loses his uh, a job at All-American Burger after uh, freaking out at the customer. Screaming at him. And, um... I don't know. It's a great movie. I, I love this movie. It's been a while. That might have been. It's, might have been the last time I saw it. It'd be six years ago. Uh, we watched it. We picked it as one of our Sunday movies when we were, during COVID when they were doing the Sunday night movie, and then they stopped, and we were just like, "Let's continue it." So we were just oh, nice watching movies. Good pick. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And the end, the whole scene at the end, where. Uh, He's working out at the Seven Eleven, and Spicoli's there, and the guy comes in, and he stops the, the robbery, and it's like, you're a hero. Spicoli saves Brooke Shields from <laughs> drowning and blows his reward money, hiring rock band Van rock band Van Halen to play at his birthday party. Mister Hand maintains his belief that everyone is on dope, but. Uh, that's it. That's that movie came out in '82, and and I didn't realize that until I started researching for this year. And I'm like, Fast Times came out in '82. I thought that was like, like late '80s at least, right? You think so? Just because, because you, you saw it, right? Like it, it's you grew up with it. Yeah, but I guess a lot of like all these picks, like for us, like you know. It was before or as we were being born, but they everything we picked here like had staying power and worked its way into the zeitgeist. And well, we wouldn't be talking about it. it, We wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't, right? No, no. Okay, um, let's move on to your second pick. We're gonna speed it up here, Ben. 
the 21st century begins October 1, 1982. Epcot Center, Walt Disney World. It's like being in the future. I thought this was for Blade Runner. What's that? I thought this was for I, Blade Runner. I thought so. But it Wait, was is it for... labeled that? No, no, it just sounded uh, it like sounds that. Sounds like yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty badass. Um, and it's like walking around in it. Um, well, for the most part, until you get to the world, and it's like, hey, the world. But so, what is and, is Epcot ooh, all in that dome? I've never been to Epcot. In the ball? Yeah. The, the, the golf ball. The, uh, it's, um, the hell is the name of it? Uh, Spaceship Earth. Oh, so that's not Epcot. No, that's Epcot. But the ball, it's called Spaceship Earth. But the ball isn't, all of Epcot isn't in the ball. No, no. Uh, the ball is like, the ca- the ball is the castle of Epcot. Oh. Uh... Yeah, like you walk in and boom, you're in the ball or like under you underneath it, and then then you enter the park and there's a the whole like the future, um, and all the cool sciency and futury stuff, and then there's a pretty badass aquarium that feels like you're in the abyss. Uh, it's all like, whereas like you go to a, an aquarium around here, like you go down to Camden, it's like hey, there's shark tanks and stuff and cool there's the cargo net and there's fish but this is like you know it's disney it's the presentation it's supposed to make you feel like you're in like you know like sea lab kind of thing and there's people doing demonstrations and there's people like scuba gear and they explain it which now like i guess everyone knows so now all epcot is is like different worlds like it's like japan oh the way it's described to me it's like germany and you just go drink german beer there yeah it's well that's half Oh, oh. So it's imagine. So when you go in, you have like I I always refer to like the future world and then the world world. So, um, I don't know what it's like now. I'm actually we're going in February. Yeah, February, and like I'm most excited to go here. I'm sure the kids are gonna hate it, but I'm excited to go here. Now, they have Disneyed it up a bit more um, to make it more palatable for kids. Um, like, Anna and Elsa are there in Norway, and uh, there's more Disney-related rides there. Um, when I was there, I remember that's where they did uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And it was one of those um, interactive movie experiences. Like, Rick Moranis is there on screen, and they're they do it's all like all the sense stuff like like so using sound smell and air and stuff they kind of they fuck with you and you think like rats are actually like running over your lap and you feel it but it's all just messing with your senses it's actually really cool um and they had uh like innovations they have like this like science thing this is the first place i tried vr back in 1996 um, and you'd step into, it was very similar to like, um, ready player one. Like you like stepped up into like this ring 
platform thing and you had like the big gloves and the giant ass goggles that's actually I think even supported by a tether because it weighed so much and like you'd look around and everything was like let's just say like Star Fox is uh, twice as power like it was just squares like blocks and stuff that you can like move a square from one place to the other and pick it up it was kind of cool that sounds fun yeah uh, but hey, it was ninety six. Oh, you were in ninety. Um, when did so it opened in eighty two? Eighty two. We went. So we. And this is kind of like all parodied in Iron Man with his whole thing, right? I think so. Yeah. It's the Tony um, Stark World of the Future or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what does it stand um, for? Epcot. Was it stand for? Yeah. Ep- Ep- Epcot. Oh. Uh, no, it's stand. It's an acronym. Way to do your research. You you gave it to me. Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. There you go. I was testing you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're like, hey, Epcot opened in 82. You were there. I'm like... um, I've never been... You've been. I've never been to Epcot. Yes. I loved it. I loved it. I was... So I, I, I can't remember. I, I haven't I called Mama Squeezer twice today and she refuses to take my calls. Oh, she probably thought um, you were gonna razz her over politics, right? Uh, maybe. Might have. Um and yes. Can but, you go in that um, big ball, by the way? Yeah, it's a ride. Oh. Fuck. See, up until today I thought that was all Ep- I thought all, all of Epcot was inside of it. <laughs> Um, hey, let me just see how I, I uh, pre- Spaceship Earth presented by AT&T, his name, spiral 18 stories through a dramatic history of communications. Yeah. Yep. Oh, by the way, yeah, this whole park is about learning. Ugh. Uh, there's a camera center. Oh. Where you can rent cameras. That's not really a ride. Um, the land circle of life. See, I don't remember all of these. I remember okay, the one that blew my mind, and I thought the VR would be cool, and I still remember this. They had outside of uh, one of the. I didn't, I didn't think it was right off of the, the the big ball thing, but uh, I think it was like innovations or universal energy, and there's a lawn. Like a small little patch of grass that was like fenced off. And they had like a Roomba lawnmower just going back and forth cutting the grass there. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is the future. This is amazing. Yeah, but they didn't realize men liked cutting their lawn. Well, not men. Yes, men, yeah, men and don't women. Take, don't People, take this away from like us. They like cutting, yeah, right. This is quiet. The, the, the drowning sound of that mower is generating quiet time. Now, see, growing or, up, it was called Epcot Center. So I thought it was all that was Epcot Center and everything was inside of that. Now I'm realizing that it, there's no way it could possibly hold the whole. That would, be, that would be pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um, But no, it's pretty cool. And then um, there's the, um, uh, the, the journey into imagination. Ooh. And that's uh, Figment, the little purple dinosaur guy. He's a little purple dragon. Don't know. 
Uh, he's adorable. I had a stuffed animal of him. I still have a magnet of him on my uh, dad's tool chest up in the garage. Um, and I was a big Figment fan. And he'd been around since the beginning, and they had multiple iterations of the show. So they had the first one that ran for like 10 years. He looks like um, Pete's Dragon. What's that? He looks like Pete's Dragon. Either a bit, yeah. yeah. But I don't think uh, I've never heard of Figment before ever. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, uh, you're gonna hear a lot about him soon. Well, Pete's Dragon, a movie. Pete, Pete's Dragon is Disney. Oh, well then. Uh, I believe. Let's see. Where are they in production on this? And on September 28th, 22, a film centered around the character was announced to be in development at Disney with Seth Rogen. Producing yes. under Point Grey Pictures banner with Dan Hernandez and Benji Samara. So, two months ago they announced it. So they yes, didn't that's start. It, yeah, it, so it might not even happen. Ah, uh, it's got to happen because I'm very excited for it because uh, I loved Figment. Um, and yeah, I mean he basically so he's the, I don't remember. I remember him dancing in a top hat and a cane, and there was a boat and this weird. Uh, Captain-y, weird-looking dude that... Oh, you know uh, what? Um, Paging Mr. Morrow on YouTube, there was, like, something special figment... uh, I don't know. Popcorn holders or something? Oh, that's awesome. I loved loved figment. I loved Journey of the Imagination. There was... So they did three iterations of it. There was one that lasted, like, ten years. And then... um, then they redid it with Eric Idle, and that existed for about a week, and everyone hated it. And then they redid it, and the one I did was the third, uh, third version. Um, let me see. You get this print for your office. Into imagination. Let's see here. Journey into imagination. It's a dark ride. Hmm. This uh, opened okay, so it opened in March. Uh, original and current version, so it's still going strong, I guess. Uh, Figment. Uh, let's see, two thousand one, two thousand. Okay, so eighty three to ninety eight. Oh, so I saw the first one. It was ninety nine to twenty one, or ninety nine to two thousand one is where they did it with Eric Idle. And then they redid it in 2002. So it's been 20 years of this ride uh, down there. Um, oh. They updated the animatronics uh, just two years ago. So it, look, hope, it looks like it's still going to be there. And I get to check out the new one uh, when I go in. Yeah, so then you you get all the cool sciencey stuff. And then you move on to the world, which is a big lake. Um, that the whole thing is, or a lake, but it's actually a swamp. Um, and then you work around, you go to all the countries, and if you're anything like, you know, my family was, you, uh, you drank your way through it, which, good for them. And I'm looking forward to doing too. Uh, you got Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, uh, the American Adventure, because I guess you can't, and that, of course, that's the centerpiece right in the middle. Um... Japan, Morocco, France, uh, 
the UK and Canada for some reason. Um, which I mean, Canada should just be like a kiosk, like an, like the air conditioned kiosk in America. Like, hey, come to Canada, eh? <laughs> and you just get to walk inside and cool off a little bit. And you go right back out. Have a Molson. Uh, but yeah, and then and then at night they have a big fireworks show and a laser light show where they do all kinds of cool stuff on the ball because you know it's a ball. So they did all these cool like laser shows on it and like pew oh it's an outline of America woo yay. Um, yeah, I love it. I I out of all the other places, Universal. Uh, okay, Universal is pretty awesome. Had a Ghostbuster show. But still, Epcot, uh, as they say, it was, it's the bee's knees. The bee's knees. Because really the whole point of it is to drink. Mm, okay. I can get behind drinking. <laughs> All right. Um, my second pick. I'm more alive Sixty-four lets you play hundreds more games than any video machine. Plus, draw, program, even do music. I'm more alive than ever before. When my friends are knocking down my door, it's now we're into so much more. We're into our Commodore 64. Commodore 64. Um, Commodore 64 is older than me, Squeezer. Jeez. Debuted in January. Of 1982. No, I don't know. And, and it like di- you, it still looks good. It discontinued. Well, thank you. Uh, it didn't discontinue. Sorry. It did not get discontinued 12 years later till April of 94. Wow. So it lasted longer than Westworld. Uh, it didn't. So it debuted in January, but it didn't get released to the market until August of 82. So it could be a month younger, if you want to say that. Hmm. Um, we had our first Commodore 64. I remember buying it, but I like I, I vividly remember we we I pulled out the slip for it was at Best Catalog Store. I remember yeah. being there. I remember we bought Frogger with it, and I remember pulling the slip out for Frogger. I can't tell you how old I was, Squeezer. I couldn't have been that mm-hmm. old. Uh, I ha- I was probably like three. <laughs> When we got our C sixty four, because it was but that'll that'll stay with you though. Yeah, my dad bought his big fancy stereo there. Uh, Commodore was a computer. It wasn't like a Nintendo where you put the game in and hit play, squeezer. It was a computer, mm-hmm. so you had to load the game and then use Basic, and um, you put a game in and you loaded it. And we, I played Ghostbusters. That was an early game. Uh, constantly on this game, we had Tappers. First time I ever played Tapper. We had some uh, uh, Mac games, Minnesota Association of Childhood Learning shit. Mac, it was Mac or something. Minnesota Educational Consortium, I think. That sounds like a super villain. Yeah, Minnesota Educational Computer Consortium. Uh, You go back and listen. If you want to learn more about it, we did a show with um, what's his name? He wrote the book that we met at Comic Con. Um. He talked. On the tip of my tongue. David Craddock. That's his name. 
David yes. Craddock did a book. Remember when we were like respected individuals in this and we had like guests on? Yeah, we booked two guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake, uh, what's his name? Who did uh, uh, Console Wars and uh, David Craddock and yes. uh, David's book. Oh, and uh, what's his name? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we did have a writer from Simpsons on the show. Animator. Proved me wrong. I'm not. I'm wrong. Sorry. Always Sorry. correcting me. No, you're right. Uh, animator. Uh, Chase. Chance Raspberry. Chase Ch- Raspberry. Chance Raspberry. Yeah. I'm not looking these names up because they're just coming to me. I'm. I'm. I'm flying on all cylinders here. Um. But. Uh, Ooh. We so we had those games and they were fun. Like and I we had a bunch of Fisher Price games because we were kids. Um. I mean, I, and we had this game called Grandma's House, which was so fucking stupid. Like you had these different like housing things and you go to these different areas and like take artifacts from the area and then bring them back and put them in the grandma's house. <laughs> it was the dumbest fucking game, but I have the music. It's like music. It's like impressive, like like the three the for the time, what it looked like. Uh, when I tell you, my brother and I played this game at nauseum, Squeezer, at nauseum. Like here's render, like line by line, pixel by pixel. That's how I'm used to it. But he was like our viewer. Hold on, it's here's some playing through it. What's up, sir? Right. Why is it? I just wanna. Yeah, don't talk. Yeah, it's by Spinnaker Software, but yeah, I never played one. Yes, this is a Commodore sixty-four. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Grandma's house. Uh, then I we had the Batman game for it. Um, Frogger. It was my first time playing Frogger, obviously. But uh, it was a weird, a weird piece of tech that uh, Commodore sixty four and uh, part of the zeitgeist, the whole um, Commodore computer company. I mean, their Amigas changed the way television was made and three D graphics. Um, when I started at the current job we have, we had a Amig- we were still using Amiga Squeezer. <laughs> uh the video toaster started on a uh, commodore amiga uh the vic 20 was the predecessor of the commodore 64 and i would say the commodore 64 more so than the apple II, was more of a, a bigger boom to home computing okay so if you look at the cases squeezer we had the middle model hold on on Wikipedia, there's three case values. The C64 top was the 1982 one. That's the one you currently see in all like pictures. Then the C64C, which is the one we had, came out in 1986. So we probably got an 86 or 87 squeezer when I was four. It, it looks like a desktop. Yeah. Yep. So that's yeah. that middle one. And then uh johnny gave johnny's dad our boss's president's dad gave us his original c64 from the top his old one so we had two of them 
Uh, but that one had the cart reader in the side. Uh, we had Tapper on cart. <laughs> so that's how we played Tapper. We got Tapper <laughs> from Johnny, if you believe it. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so the 86 one. So, yeah, and I guess C64G was the bottom one in the middle, and we didn't have that one. We had the – I mean the bottom one. But So we had the, if we got an 86. So I was four. I have a vivid memory of buying our Commodore 64 from the best – catalog store when i was four years old squeezer <laughs> i could picture pulling i could tell you like the uh, arrangement and everything of getting it and, and, and getting frogger hmm. it's very exciting that store is great it was um, now it's a four mon mills sorry i just like to say that um all right god i'm gonna go take a nap for this next one. Oh yeah here we go Los Angeles, 2019. There was an escape from the off-world colonies. They slaughtered... 20- the assignment? Track down six manufactured humans. He's the best man for the job. But he may die trying to prove it. Harrison Ford is the Blade Runner. All right. Now. So I've seen these movies, Squeezer. Okay. What is a Blade Runner? Uh, one that hunts down replicants. But isn't he a replicant? Shh. No. What did I do? I mean, yes, maybe. No, the first movie kind of leaves it, you know, in limbo. It depends when you get the director's cut, and then he leaves the little unicorn, you know, uh, what's the papery mache not the uh, origami um makes it a little more obvious it was you'd have to actually pay quite good attention in the first film and the original release to actually draw that uh conclusion the uh 2049 clearly clear as day yeah he's a replicant yeah that 2049 movie was one of the most boring movies it's I've ever seen. It's the greatest in my life. Film in the last science fiction film in the last twenty years until Dune came out. That Dennis Villeneuvean uh, is a god that should be worshipped on a pedestal. No, I Steve, love him. And, Steven and Spielberg and he De- does. Dennis Villeneuve are Veneve. not. They are not Quentin Tarantino who can make a movie that long and he said science fiction. All right. No, it's a work. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and wonderful and perfect in every way. And it could be longer, and it should be longer. My God, God, it's perfect. I absolutely love it. And I, oh God, I love drawing things out and slowing it down. And man, do these movies. So do I. It's good. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, it is good. I love it's good. every. It's not your good. Second of that movie, that movie is fantastic. That is a masterclass in filmmaking. Ah, so is Blade Runner. <laughs> yes, I, I get it. Blade, the original Blade Runner has influenced so many movies. Oh, it's it, 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 everything that you see. The the. the... Chris Nolan sat the cast and the crew down for Dark Knight and showed them Blade Runner and stopped, said, this is how we're going to make the Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, 
and and the tech the the the, the production that went into it uh, is phenomenal. Like it, it I mean, broke you, you, so you were many... about to say everything you see. I mean, that's kind of Star Wars that did that. Star Wars yeah. and and um, uh, two thousand. 2001 2001 Space Odyssey yeah that movie does not date like visual it's just so crisp yeah like god it's so good um and talk about slowing it down though jeez um yeah really but yeah I, I and look I love these movies but I will admit to you that trailer it sells you a false bill uh Bill of Goods, that, it, that makes it seem way more exciting than it actually is. Um, but, I mean, and when I first saw it, I don't know how old I was. It was like 15, 16. I refound, like, not refound, but Star Wars was like blowing back up. It was probably like 93, 94-ish um, with like the re-releases and the toy lines coming out. I'm like, oh, Harrison Ford, I'm a blockbuster, I get Blade Runner. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, and I was changed as an individual. And this is why I went into TV and film and then didn't make it in film. So I'm in TV. Um, no, I was bored out of my mind as a kid. You know, it's not meant for a 12 year old. I'm not Dawson. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, eventually I refound it and it became, it's like, it's my, that and, well, it's easy to say Goodfellas is my favorite movie because it, it should be, but this is like my my it's my favorite film. I, I love it, and uh, and I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not I'm not that guy. It's like you have to like it, blah blah. Like no no, it's I get it. I get why you don't like 2049. I absolutely do. Um, but like as I as I tell my six year old, you know, different people can like different things. Um, and I love, I love Blade Runner. It was a bomb. It was a bust. It it did not do well at the box office. People were not thrilled with it. It, but it, it developed a, a cult following, and now is considered a, a work of art, if you will. Um, and yeah, and it's got Edward James Almost, who I love and everything. So. Yeah, just ah, uh, the whole ambience of it, the whole die uh, brings me to tears in the rain. Tears in the rain. Uh, no, see what I did there because all it does is rain. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So no matter what, if you're at some point you're crying, you have tears in the rain. It's always raining. Mm-hmm. All right, Squeezer. Here you is... hear that? It's raining in Los Angeles, folks. What a horrible future. Yeah, they only wish. Okay, um, here's my next pick. I wanted to go over some of the Billboard Top 100 songs of 1982, and it was a good year for music. The -hmm. number one song of the year is pretty shitty. Physical by Olivia Newton-John. 
<sighs> That's how let's get physical. Number two was I Have the Tiger by Survivor, thanks to Rocky. Rocky 3. Shit. Great movie. Uh, oh, shit. I didn't realize we were talking Rocky 3 and Creed 3, and Rocky 3 came out in 92. Whoa. Yeah. Kismet. Uh, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Black Hearts is the third top song. Great song. Ebony and Ivory by Paul and Stevie was four. Centerfold. Da, na, 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 na. Squeezer in centerfold. Number Ooh. five, Jay Giles Band. Uh, Don't You Want Me was six. Don't you want me, Squeezer. I, I love that song. Number seven was Little Diddy about Jeff and Diane. Uh, but John Cougar. Uh, I am not. I'm not a. I'm not a big John Cougar fan. I'm, I take flack for that. Come on, baby, you hurt so good. Was number eight by John Cougar. I like. I like John. Mel- I like John Mellencamp. I don't know who this John Cougar or this John Cougar Mellencamp is. I like John Mellencamp. <laughs> Wild Nights. Wild Nights is golden. Remember when that came out when we were That's, coming of age? Yeah. So Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band was nine. Hard to say I'm sorry by Chicago is 10. <laughs> Tainted love. I always think of the Coneheads when I hear that one. <laughs> yes. yes. Number 11. Chariots of Fire by Vangelis was 12. Harden My Heart by Quarter Flash. What's, fuck that? What's that? You know that particular uh, song? Or should we look it up? No, but I got to hang on. Oh, I could pull it up right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll let you do it, Molly. For the people. For the people, so you don't have to. Hmm. I was trying an Apple Music, and it's just it's just not going to work, Squeezer. So we're going to good old standby, the star of the Rad Years podcast, YouTube. Oh, what's the name of this song? Hard in My Heart. Yeah, it's a good song. I don't know it. I do not know this song. <laughs> Ros- Rosanna by Toto is 14. I'll just do 20. I won't do 100. Uh, I Can't Go For That by Hall & Oates is 15. I can't go for that. Oh, no can do. Number 16 by Tommy Two-Tone is 8675-30-squeeze. Oh, uh, Jenny. Uh, Key Largo by Bertie Higgins is 17. Is that the Beatles? No, that's... What's Key Largo by Bernie Higgins? Uh, are you thinking Beach Boys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Beach Boys, yeah, sorry. I thought so, too, but I don't think it is. Key Largo. Let me see what I'm just Playing it. Playing it. That first cold winter together
Never heard that song in my life. Never heard that song, but I guarantee you someone lost their virginity to it. Probably. 18 was You Should Hear How She Talks About You by Melissa Manchester. Do you know that one? I do not. What the hell? There's a lot of songs lower on the list that I do know. Right. <laughs> that I like. There it is. Never heard that in my life. Wow. 19 is a great one. I've been waiting for a squeezer to come into my life. So I've never, I'm going down this list and like. You know, Foreigner sold out on Saturday at the Wind Creek. That's insane. Dude, that's awesome. I've done it how many times that show? It is my favorite fucking show that comes through there. Wow. When they play Jukebox Hero, the place is just. Electrified. Do do they have a foreigner belt? They should. What's that? Sweet. Foreigner belt. What's that? Carl's yeah. Aquatine. Aquatine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's my uh foreigner belt. <laughs> it's like Louis in twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> don't... Twenty years and he already looks like Yeah, true. Don't talk to strangers by Rick Springfield Rick Springfield is twenty. Dude, I I, I want to just jump down though, cause like you mentioned, like we you played a couple songs that I never heard. I like but, Thirty. Like, Who can it be now? Five minute work. All right, I had no idea. So, always on my mind, Willie Nelson. I thought that song was like, okay, uh-huh. it was released in seventy two, but Willie did it in eighty two. I don't know. I thought that song was even older than that. Um. But you keep oh, going look down at, like look what's thirty seven. Even the not so better. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's all I know of that song. Yeah. Um, Pri- uh, Private Eyes is down at forty four. Watching you. That song's creepy. Every move. What's Pac Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia? Alright. Pulling that up right now. I'm surprised we even got any YouTube strikes for any of these popular uh-huh. songs. Oh, for, yeah. Flock of Seagulls is down the list. Which song? I ran. I ran is down there. And I ran. I ran. Uh, that, that could have been like it came out at the end of the year and then it became a hit in 83. Uh, let's see. I just ran. I ran for Norton You gotta get away. Uh, March. Fuck. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it like got radio play. What's That's where true. was it on the top billboard for eighty three? Oh, good question. Uh Freeze frame by Jake. Charts. It's number one in Australia. U.S. Billboard's Hot 100 peaked at nine. 
I'm guessing that might have been 83. No, it was 82. As of 17, is number 100. I know. I just pulled it. I pulled that up because what you said about maybe it came out at the end of the year. Okay, it had to have come out in December. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Edge of 17 he... by Stevie Nicks is 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 lower on the list than this shit Pac-Man song I'm playing for you right now. It, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Oh my god! I I almost bought the tote from PBS because they did that thing where they they had her concert from a couple years ago on. She did it live on PBS. It was fucking awesome. Did you ever hear Miley Cyrus do this? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Well, she's like a big influence. Like they're like besties or some shit. Yeah. Miley, I love Miley Cyrus. She's Wait, this is that doesn't sound right. Waiting on a friend by the Rolling Stones is ninety four. is weird <laughs> yeah it just it just proves a point when you see a song is like a top 100 hit right now what's its staying power going to be okay mm-hmm. just know that it could wind up being oh pac-man fever by whoever wait, the fuck. wait i just saw it where'd it go because yeah pac-man fever was higher than hang on where is it? This is gonna... no no number 73 What's number 73? Sorry, I left. Oh. 73 was... Don't stop believing. Yeah, that one of the biggest songs in the history of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And pa- Pac-Man Fever. Could you imagine? Oh, we should recut. There you go. That's what you can do tomorrow. Recut the end of Sopranos to Pac-Man, Pac-Man Fever. Fever. <laughs> the current Billboard Top 100. I... Ooh. I'm, I guarantee you I'm going to know more songs on the 82 list when I wasn't born. Most of them are Taylor Swift right now. Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Sam Smith and Kim Petras, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey, As It Was. I like Harry Styles. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, I Like You, Post Malone, Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, SZA, Taylor Swift, One Republic, Morgan Wallen, that fucking hillbilly, David <laughs> Guetta, and Bebe Rexa, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Doja Cat, 
Uh, Nikki, Yor, and Daisy. Taylor Swift. She's been half of the top 20 so far. Jesus Christ. Chris Brown. That that uh, girlfriend beater. Chris Brown. Still popular. I guess. Hillbilly Morgan Wallen is on 22. Juice World is 23. Taylor Swift again. Drake featuring 21 Savage. Michael Jackson's Thriller is at 26 as a re-entry. Uh, it's probably Halloween. Oh, duh. The Weeknd, Future, Zach Bryan, Bad Bunny, Beyonce, Taylor Swift again. Lizzo, Harry Styles, Glorilla, Luke Combs, Cole Swindell, Taylor, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Sia, Ugh. Elton John and Britney Spears, Bad Bunny, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Kane Brown, Tyler Hubbard, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Apparently that Cole Swindell is a big deal. It's like, oh my god, you worked the Cole Swindell show. I'm like, oh yeah, that was the dipshit we did over the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, but I rather would have been shooting B-roll of funnel cakes. I'm not gonna lie. JVKE. Oh, Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers is reentry. Yeah, now we're talking. Little Uzi Vert, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. is 49. Yeah, all right. Bailey Zimmerman, Jin. Thomas Rhett featuring Riley Green, Steven Sanchez, Bailey Zimmerman, Lil Baby, Jax, Jelly Roll, Jordan Davis, Taylor Swift again, Lil Nas X, Lil Baby, Harry Stylers, Megan Trainer, Lil Baby, D4VD, Jackson Dean, Ingrid Address, Andress with Sam Hunt, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Thames, <laughs> Grupo Fortana, Taylor Swift, Armani White, Taylor Swift, Whisk, uh, Nate Smith, Brent Felize, Hardy, Shakira, Quovo and Takeoff, which is Hotel Lobby, which is a Taylor Swift then at 79, Lizzo <laughs> at 80, DJ Khalid, Lil Baby, Burna Boy, Oliver Tree. I like Oliver Tree. Lil Baby, Young Thug, Taylor Swift again, Lil Baby, Rema and Selena Gomez, Lil Baby, Emmanuel Terizo, Diddy and Bryson Tyler, Trippy Red, Gabby Barrett, Young Gravy, Carol G, Kodak Black, Taylor Swift, Luke Bryan, <laughs> Bizrap, Quavo, and Omar Apollo. Now, fucking, I feel like half of that list was Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, it was, it was half. And the three songs that you did name would have been on the 82 list. <laughs> right. That I know. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm officially now. I feel like I get it now. Like that. Uh, like my dad, like didn't listen to anything that I listened to. Right. Now, to be fair, there's new music that comes out now that I listen to. It's just not that Billboard 100 that is popular with whatever, whoever, with Dwayne, basically. Yeah. Right. Like fucking big up to Taylor Swift though. Jesus Christ. Hey. Rolling in dough. Uh, the greater Lehigh Valley's own. Like, yes, why miss the greater. It? Yes, the very southernest tip greater. Yeah, I mean, you still could count it. Yeah, it's count. It, we count it. It's, it's the Appalachian Valley, right? Greater Appalachian Valley. Um. Yeah, she, she, she grew up about 40 minutes from where we live, so. 
Uh, she gr- she was probably within walking distance, like DK Oldies. DK Oldies. Uh, it's a video game store in Reading. Oh, yeah. She. I was pissed that she didn't sing the anthem for the Phillies. Like she didn't know it. Yeah. What the hell? Too too busy putting songs on the. Too busy uh, owning the Hot 100. It's like no, because if I sing the national anthem, then that's gonna go on the Hot 100, and it's gonna be a thing. The high speed internet connection. Oh come on! I don't. I, I Billboard. I know you. This is the only way you make money. But I'm trying to find. Is there like a rock chart or an alternative chart where I'll know the songs? Okay, so I click all charts, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. It takes me to an ad for Comcast. <laughs> All right, we're done with that. All right, moving on ah. to your next pick. Good, good. Hey, that's two, one show, two lists. There it is. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry troopers. Codename Grunt. Bazooka soldier. Codename Zap. Mortar soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser rifle trooper. Codename Flash. Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications officer. Codename Breaker. Machine gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. It's Cobra Commander. He's stealing our missiles. Well, get him, Rock and Roll. Here comes Grand Slam. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is American hero. We saved the missiles, but you gotta get up early to catch Cobra. Cobra Commander and G.I. Joe figures and equipment each sold separately from Hasbro. He'll fight for freedom wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I'm glad you picked up on that. The the the, the first uh, series, the eighty twos, he was a little wispy in his uh, in his singing. Like by the end, he was like, "Yeah, really into it." Uh, I guess he probably thought he wasn't gonna get paid, but you know, by like come the, series, he goes like from five the or fight six. for freedom wherever you go. G I J to Oh my God! This is the biggest action figure you'll ever get in your life, kids. Tell your parents you need it now, no, no. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> it, it was from. It was probably the voice got all raspy because he was just smoking hundred dollar bills, uh, in cigars. By the time uh, it was that progression of like, I believe I really believe in it. Church preacher to Alex Jones. <laughs> yes. The Chango voiceover guy. What you want to get again uh, today is the Cobra Commander action set. We got the USS flag. It's the biggest action set you'll ever see. It comes with all these action figures. Biggest set. Squeeze it to believe it's real, but it's real right today. $295. You put in the code word RAD at checkout. You get the USS flag. I'll throw in the Cobra Commander and the Serpentor figure free of charge. Only a $39.95 shipping right now if you order on G.I. Joe uh, Wars.com. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, Alex. Um. Yeah. So they, they they ditched the doll and made action figures. And they made action figures at just the perfect size and scale and articulation to sell you more shit. Because if they would have made them a little like just a little bigger. It would have like priced them out of 
the vehicles and the places. So, and um, Dino Drac and and uh, Jay from Sludge Central did a, sh- a show early on in their, their podcast, Rain, and and they did a Q and A from fans. And someone asked if you had to play with one action figure line for the rest of your life as a kid, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And they said it had to be either G.I. Joe or He-Man because there was, especially G.I. Joe, there was so much stuff. If you yeah. pick just G.I. Joe, there's a good chance you'll never get bored because there's just so much stuff that your parents would never buy you. But there was so much stuff. Yeah. There were the initial run started in 82 and they did not stop until 94 and then 97 they relaunched again which the quality wasn't there i bought a couple of them uh and a lot of them by by 97 there were a lot of repaints but they they started adding the gimmicks the gizmos the gadgets all that shit was just tell me about it ariel it was (laughs) a tiddlywinker and uh what the hell is she called a fork. Um, but yeah, 82 saw the launch of the three and three quarter inch uh, series of G.I. Joe's. And Dingle Hopper. It was Dingle Hopper. <laughs> Thank you. Man. I Googled now, it. <laughs> you, oh. Um, yeah, I'm going to go see. I told Mrs. Squeezer when we go down that I want to go on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And, and she spent, she's putting so much effort into this to make everyone happy and make it a big deal. Like she spent uh, all this time, like trying to find the ride, and I felt really bad. Goddamn proton, like, well, protons! Or, 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 what am I saying? Protons, protons, pal. What are you talking about? What You're talking about Disney? You didn't say. You said when oh. we go down. Oh, no, I, I. Oh yeah, that was gross. Is that um, is twenty thousand leagues under this now? <laughs> Yeah, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. And is that a? I, I don't. Is there, are you making a joke? I don't understand. Your no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I felt really bad. She's like, "Well, where is it?" I'm like, "Oh, it's, it's right, right below Ariel." And so she's like looking at maps and all this, and like there's the whole Ariel's Grotto thing. I'm like, "It's right below it." And she's like, "No, something else." And I'm like, "No, it's literally right below it." Oh, you're so yeah, funny. I was being funny, and she was really pissed. I'm surprised she, she didn't a lot stab of you. Trying to make me happy. Um, because it, it's gone now. Oh, okay. So it was a real ride, but it wasn't. So yeah, twenty thousand were... leagues under sea was a. You were the. Oh no, you took a picture outside it. Did um, I? No, it it was there, and then it got replaced by Snow White, and then Ariel's the grotto is on top of where it used to be now. Oh. We did the whole thing. We did a whole episode on it. I don't remember. Segment. You're very. You're being very cute. I don't. Thanks. No one, I am cute. No one, no one knows what the hell you're talking about. But if like, they, if but Jason Munch and Paging Mister Morrow, if he's listening no, to and it. and our good friends that listen to the podcast would know because they did a whole pick on this. I listen. Um, okay. <laughs> you you listen to me like you listen to Ridley Scott directing a science fiction film noir. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I go on too long and draw it out. No. Maybe. Um, look, these figures are great. I don't remember how much if I had anyone from Series 1. And they were very... It, it was very Series 1. They stand out because they're all very drab and green and olive, you know, 
Olive Drab. And it's because they're a little army men. Um, they're all a little different, except for the vehicle drivers that are just basic repaints of the regular carded series. Um, and yet, uh, you know, uh, Breaker, Clutch, uh, Flash was their grunt, rock and roll. Scarlet was your, uh, uh, token female presence on the show. Short Fuse, Zap, Stalker, and of course, Snake Eyes. Of course. Yeah. And then you got your Cobra Soldier, an officer, and your Cobra Commander, who is a male-in, actually. You had to go out of your effort to get, uh, Cobra Commander, and then you had, uh, well, if Hawk... You... Go to use code word rad on info uh, <laughs> joes dot and and just drop two forty nine ninety nine plus forty nine ninety nine shipping on the USS flag. You'll get the Cobra Commander for free, Squeezer. And we ship it with stamps dot com. Uh, and then you got clutch uh, info joes info joes dot com info joes. <laughs> You get Grand Slam, which is just a uh, flash with a different head and a receding hairline. Uh, Hawk and uh, uh, Steeler. And they had some vehicles, too. They had, like... Uh, some vehicles. The tank and a uh, little Jeep. Uh, some cheap little missile thing. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't quite there yet. Like, you could see if the series ended right after this. Like, okay, they had a good run. They had a couple little army men and, and a tank and some vehicles and stuff. But then, like, the next year happened. Like, 83 comes. Uh, and that's when, like, you see the difference of all these little olive drab army men that just are a little bit different to now everyone has a gimmick. Uh, their, their primary operating thing uh, and like their own look, like everyone looks different. It now it looks like the cartoon, um, and everyone looks like their own individual character. And the same thing, like the vehicles start getting bigger and more involved, and it just yeah, it blew up from there. And year after year, not only did each character's gimmick get a little bigger, but then they started adding on stuff like the the Sonic Troopers and the uh, the Eco Warriors and. Um, the, you the love tiger, those um, eco warriors. I love those eco warriors. Any any time you can get something wet and it changes color, I'm a fan. Uh, the uh, tiger. Uh, what was it? What was it Tiger Force? Tiger Force, where they took all the vehicles from like '82 and '83 and repainted them uh, yellow with uh, like uh, tiger stripes on them. Hmm. Fucking brilliant! They they re they relaunched and re like there is. I can get behind right me. now. I'm looking at like Wild Bill. Wild Bill is a helicopter pilot. He came out. His first one came out in '83, and then they re-released him in '82 in '92. Oh, that's wow! Tiger Force didn't come out until '92, I guess. But yeah, then they re-released him. Wow, man, those figures really. Sorry, I keep jumping all over the place. Because the figures really went to shit. I do. I hate that look in like the early two thousands. They gave, they got all weird and muscly. Ugh, gross looking. Terrible figures. Anywho, anywho, um, anywho, um. Sorry, what? So the dragonfly came out. This is uh, reminiscing in 
84. So carry to one. Anywho, uh, yeah, I thank goodness for 1982 and the re release, rebranding, relaunch of G.I. Joe. And they gave us awesome card backs. We got comic books. We had trading cards. I had it all, uh, except for the USS flag. Um, which you don't believe exists. Which I don't believe existed. Um, and they were also great, too, because, look, I, yeah, I got a lot of action figures and stuff as a kid. But I was also I was a yard sale kid. I bought a lot of toys there. And, um, like, the uh, what was the, the stealth jet that Cobra had. And, you know, like, even, like, big-size stuff, like, you'd find. Ooh, I just got shocked because I rubbed my feet on the floor. My oh, headphones went zap, zap. Um, Getting a little too excited. Yeah, I'm getting excited. Yeah, you, you find a lot of GI Joes, GI Joes at uh, yard sales in the uh, mid to late '80s. Can you know kids grow up and they uh, want to get some uh, beer grow money out of it? So uh, yeah, I, I picked up a lot there, and that really like, and they could take a beating too. And if the rubber band broke, you just uh, got another rubber band and just wound it up a couple times. But yeah, I, I love me my. Uh, yep. I would have to go with Dino Drac on that. That uh, if you were abandoned, yeah, I gotta go GI. And if you could well, just Dino Drac have went, the entire that, to- toy Jay line. from Sexy Armpit or Slud Central went with that. Dino Drac went Motu. Went Motu. Okay. Well, yeah, I I, I would have to go GI Joe because there's just if you could pick anything and you just have the entire line to play with. I'd yeah, go Motu. Unlimited. I mean, that's. I'd go. You know what? I'd go. WWF oh, yeah. Hasbro. <laughs> yeah. Limited fun. All right. Here is my <laughs> next. Just one big Royal Rumble. Weird pick. Nope. Not the weirdest song you ever heard in your life? Is that John Popper? That was not John Popper. That was the Gary fucking Coleman show. <laughs> I didn't discover this till, like, my dad and I, when I had seizures, Squeezer, mm-hmm. I used to have to uh, take, get EE, I used to have to get EEGs, mm-hmm. or E. I think EEG is the right term, but they put like a whole bunch of diodes on my head and like see if I would have a seizure because they couldn't figure out why I was having them. turned out it was just like a migraine triggering a seizure because of puberty or something like that. Weird. But. um, Just grow up so fast. I know. Um, I 
would have to have these ECGs and I would have to stay up all night and go in at like eight in the morning and wouldn't sleep. So my dad would stay up with me and we'd watch like infomercials and food network, but we'd also watch a lot of cartoon network. And that's where I saw the Gary Coleman show for the first time. And lo and behold, it, it debuted in 1982 and hearing the premise of this show is far weirder, weirder than the uh, weirder than the song. It's a 30-minute Saturday morning animated series produced by Hanna-Barbera Squeezer. That's why it aired on Cartoon Network, because mm-hmm. they had the Hanna-Barbera Library. Aired on NBC during the 1982-83 season. The series featured Gary Coleman as the voice of Andy Labu, an apprentice angel who was dispatched back to Earth to earn his wings by helping others. The show features the voice of Gary Coleman, and uh, the character Andy Labu was a spinoff character from Coleman's made-for-TV movie, The Kid with the Broken Halo. Hmm? Yes. I never heard of this before. It was a um, a made-for-television fantasy comedy starring Gary Coleman about a wise-cracking angel in training who needs constant help from a frustrated heavenly teacher. Yes. This aired. So strange. It got greenlit. Mm-hmm. Um, in each episode, Andy was dispatched to help a child in need and resolve his problem by his supervisor and fellow angel Angelica. The antagonist in each episode was Hornswoggle, who tried to make Andy's mission more difficult, usually by getting him to make the wrong choice or by otherwise complicating a mission. It was up to Andy to correct whatever mistakes he made and foil Hornswoggle's plans. Yeah. This shit only had 13 episodes, if you could believe it. (laughs) And why it says it aired for the 82-83 season, it didn't make it past December of 82. Max, yes, it's truly 82. It's truly 82. Uh, one thing that I found doing my small bit of research on this dumb show was that <laughs> one of the episodes was written by legendary Paul Dini. Whoa. Famous writer of Batman, the animated series, one of the creators of Batman, the animated series, one of the creators of Harley Quinn, one of the two co-creators of Harley Quinn, and one of my favorite uh, comic book and, and writers of all time, Paul Dini, wrote episode five, part one, Hornswoggle's New Leaf. Because each episode was split into two short mm. parts. So Paul Dini. And I know he talked on Fat Man, on Batman, about working uh, at like Hanna-Barbera. And he worked at like Filmation prior to, you know. And then he did. Do, you, do you think they even know sometimes, like on a show like that, what show they're even animating or working on? Oh, uh, you know, I think they'd have to a little bit. No, Maybe, but... but some of them seem like some of those Hanna Barbera shows are so generic. Yeah. Well, he did Filmation's He Man, which like the first season was sixty five episodes, so he did a lot of those. Um. And then he worked on the Dungeons and Dragon Dungeons and Dragons cartoon in '83, your year. Uh, Trans- Transformers. He did GI Joe, Star Wars, Ewoks, um, and then Tiny Toon Adventures led him to Batman the Animated Series, and of course Batman Beyond. 
and of course the most famous heart of ice which a lot of people think might be the center of um matt reeves next the batman picture that would i think it would work really well yeah i mean i think he could do because it's a very grounded take all the sci-fi elements and you can find a way to make them work in a real world yeah well the there's a little bit of very emotional spending disbelief in a batman movie so why not no no right but I mean, there's suspending disbelief in in his in his universe versus suspending disbelief in the Schumacher universe. You know, it's slightly yeah. Well, Schumacher took Heart of Ice and did it very uh, did it a very big disservice. That's um, you are wow. Are you running for Congress or uh... yeah? It was dog shit. They ruined it. There we go. Sorry. Now you just won your awful. seat. But uh, Gary Coleman show, 1982. Squeezer. Yeah. We are over two hours on the show. All right. Let's last pick. Bring it on home. I got to pee. Oh, I should put the audio. Donkey Kong. And now I'll get you too, Junior. I'm Donkey Kong Jr. And that's my papa. I'm trying to save him. And boy, do I need your help. Nintendo's Donkey Kong Jr. The arcade game is now the Super Home video game. Save your papa. Huh? Save yourself first. He's chasing me with snapping jaws. And I could fall. Help Donkey Kong Jr. save his papa on your ColecoVision, Atari 2600 VCS, or Intellivision video game system. Game players everywhere. Please help me save my papa. Yeah, it's hard to believe this uh the sequel uh to the infamous famous whatever uh, the the monster hit arcade game that launched so many careers uh came out just a year after. Uh so Donkey Kong came out in 81 and immediately they're like, "Hey, we want uh we need a sequel, just make another one." And really all they asked for was Take Donkey Kong and make some new levels. Make us money. Yeah, Morimoto wouldn't allow that. No, that's boring. No, let's challenge ourselves. Here, let's just flip the whole thing on its head. And he uh, may he turned Mario heel right away. And uh, Donkey Kong Jr. comes in for the save. And he's going to go save his old man. And the gameplay is completely different. Like, it, when you look at them side by side, they're, it's like, oh, they're... It, it's the perfect mix of, like, it's the same game. It's the same universe. Same same series. But the gameplay is completely different. And I'm not going to lie. Donkey Kong Jr.? Superior game in every way compared to Donkey Kong. Like the gameplay is so much more fun. Yeah, I in Donkey agree Kong, that. you're just running back and forth and trying to jump over the barrels, and it it's frustrating. Donkey Kong Junior. the climbing the ropes and the the or and the vines and the chains and the the way the mechanics of it, where if you climb up one, you climb slow, but if you like, you know, are double fisting ropes, like you go up faster. And the way the enemies work, and that you can drop fruit on them, and you get points, and th- th- there's a story um, that you murder Mario at the end. It's when the arcade, he survives, and he comes after you again. But um, I played the NES port uh, over and over and over again, and it, it was fantastic. Um, there were the, there's the arcade version, which is like superior to pretty much everything up until the NES, which is pretty much as good as you can get 
there was an Intellivision version that I didn't know about. I watched the whole playthrough of like every different version that they had. Some of them were god awful. Um, uh, the uh, uh, Coleco, I think, was pretty rough. Um, but yeah, it, it was a super fun game. Uh, the soundtrack was fun. There's only like five levels or so, and then it just repeats itself and gets harder and harder and harder. So you could say like, oh, I beat it. Also, like the boss level is cool. It's not just a harder version. You get to the end and it's over. The 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 boss level, he's locked up on the upper level in like a cage, and now you have to push the locks up the chains to unlock uh, that top level, which is a really cool gimmick and uh, take uh, use of the gameplay. Um, and then you know Donkey Kong Jr. goes on to star in. At 20 plus additional games, uh, all of Donkey Kong Country, and then who's Diddy Kong? In, uh, Diddy Kong, uh, I believe is Donkey Kong Jr. If I'm right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll Diddy Kong, uh, Donkey Kong's best friend. Oh, oh no, no, Diddy Kong is no like he's the equivalent of like uh, Uncle Ryan. He's he's Donkey Kong's best friend. So Donkey Kong Junior, I guess they're two separate. I I always assume. Wow, I just learned something hmm. right here on the Rogers podcast. I'm an idiot. Huh. <sighs> Yeah, I thought they were one and the same. No, it was kind of like how the you game know, you like, gave me was Diddy Kong's Quest for Game Boy, right? No, that was Donkey Kong Country. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Donkey Kong Country too. I thought it was Diddy Kong's Quest. Oh, it might have been. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Look at that. But you know, and also you know, you get you know, Mario's there, and some people like to think that Luigi makes his first appearance in the game. Uh, in the opening sequence of the arcade, uh, there's two Marios hoisting uh, Donkey Kong up in a cage. Even though they're both wearing the same blue and red outfit, some people are like, oh, well, it, it must be Luigi. Which, uh, if you want to believe, that's fine. That's fun. It's a fun little headcanon to have. It's easier just to say that uh, they just animated it that way. And then a year or two later, Luigi comes out. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, that was him. You know. Okay, Diddy Kong's a spider monkey. He's not a gorilla. Ah, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, my last pick. Here we go. Uh, hold on. Oh, no shit. He was voiced by Frank Welker. Well, uh... Here's my last pick. Oh, sorry. New New York, Diet Coke. And you're going to drink it just for the taste of it. Introducing Diet Coke. You're going to drink it just for the taste of it. Living good with Diet Coke. This is the one from Coca-Cola. You're going to taste with just one calorie. Just for the taste of it. Just for the taste of it. Jed Hirsch is in that commercial. <laughs> wow. This this is so folks, listen. We're that good. Uh-huh. Planned we it totally all. Planned along. This. Well, I was originally gonna do a Pepsi free commercial, 
I was originally going to do Bud Light, and I'm saving Bud Light and everything for my Thanksgiving show because I have all mm-hmm. a beer thing. I would be thankful too. And then I was going to do Pepsi Free, but realized that Pepsi Free wasn't Diet Pepsi; it was Caffeine Free Pepsi. So Ooh. then I did Diet Coke because Diet Coke was truly introduced on July eighth, nineteen eighty two. A day before the birth of a one RK squeezer. Hmm. Uh, it, it, it was introduced on July 8th, 1980, unveiled on July 8th, 1982, and introduced to the market a month later, a mo- exactly a month to the day after I was born, on August 9th, 1982. I hate Diet Coke. I think it's the most disgusting uh, sucks. drink in the planet. Coke Zero is just so much bad- better. Yeah, better. But I am a fan uh, uh, over that. I hate Diet Pepsi also, but I'm a fan of Pepsi Zero Sugar. Pepsi Max, formerly known as Pepsi Max, is my. I I like them both. Coke Zero and Pepsi Zero equally. uh, But I do drink Pepsi Zero more, squeezing. Because it has more caffeine. (laughs) Um, God, yeah, Diet Coke sucks. I'd rather take a Diet Pepsi over a Diet Coke if you put a... Right, but Coke Zero is yeah. just so much better. I don't know how oh, no one oh, understands yeah. that. And a lot of people think like Diet Coke is new Coke as a diet form. Like They took the formula for Diet Coke and added sugar to it, and that was new Coke in 1985. Mm. But I don't know. People hated it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know how true or not true that is. Um, originally, uh, Tab was Coca-Cola's diet drink to compete with, um, Diet Pepsi. I'd rather drink a Tab than drink Diet Coke. Yeah. Uh, Diet Right was, like, the first diet soda on the market that was, uh, RC Cola's Diet, Diet Right, remember Diet Right. Still find it, I think. Um, now I believe the sugar-free, the zero beverages are the number one sellers for both Coke and. Have we given up accepting the fact that the stuff's bad for you? What's bad for you? The sugar replacements. Well, it's bad for you, but it's not as bad for you as sugar, I think. Oh, good. Well. Best-selling soda. Um, hmm. Yeah, right now they uh, they they really focusing. Zero sugar gets a 10 for popular. Yeah, it's very popular. Like, if you go to a store, like, the Pepsi Zero Sugar is usually always sold out. You can never find it. They're they're in the pudding, and they're all in on the... Um, I don't know. I like them. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't, like... I drink one a day. I'm not, like... And sometimes I don't drink any a day. But if I'm having mm-hmm. if I'm having one, it's only one per day. You know what I mean, Squeezer. I'm not overindulging yeah. in them. 
as I drink except except for beer. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say as I drink twelve <laughs> beers, I'm like I I only drink one zero sugar soda. Go 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 go. I only well, you only drink you know like two beers out of your giant three beer mug. I that's the three beer mug is um for Sam Summer only. Oh, oh, I see. Beats uh, Bush Light Apple. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, you tried that tonight. How was that? Um, it it smells worse than you would think. Honestly, it has a. You ever go to an apple orchard at the end of the season and there's just like rotting apples on the ground? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, imagine what a rotting. You could have stopped. Have you ever gone to an apple orchard? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it it smells awful and the taste is horrendous. Um, I I'd rather just have uh, like it, the difference between when we were in college where we were fermenting our own apple cider to get a buzz off of it, which one of our professors tossed. Do we just tried it? It was all right. I would rather do that if I had the choice between drinking this regular Bush Light or fermented. Rotten apple cider. I'll drink the ferment rotten apple cider every day of the week. Fair enough. Yeah, that's my review. Uh, I I refuse to try it because and poor right now like poor Gary Bushlight is uh, packing a case up to send to us while he's listening to the show, and now he's all sad. Poor who? Gary Bushlight. Gary Bush. He, he sells. He's he's the guy that makes Bush Light. Uh, you can just let it go. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's best you. I, I I your joke's going right over my head. Good. Let it go. Good. That's where I go. wanted it to be. All right. Well, um, I think it's time to end the show. We've had enough show. Again, kind of. Punch drunk here, a little delirious. Two hours and fifty minutes. No, we, it's just called drunk. We haven't gone this long in a long time. Yeah, and I got to pee. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, you know, I guess I didn't have to add that in there. He's got to pee, kids. Show and I go to the bathroom. But well, next we can week, all do it together. Next week we celebrate the life of Squeezer, talking about 1983. Uh, the following week is Thanksgiving. We'll be live on a Tuesday night. We're talking about things we're thankful for, our, our annual Thanksgiving show. And then we go right into the Christmas shows for the 2022 season. And the first show post-Christmas will be Game Boy Games. We love three or four. I forget which one it is. Uh, I think we're three. Three. But uh, we'll be back next week with more Around Years Podcast. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody.